Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Mark B. I'm Mark. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I have pictures, and so I'm going to start handing them out over here. Uh, I came into the program in April of 2001. Uh, I weighed 302 pounds, and I've been abstaining now for seven and a half years. I'm down about 90 pounds for my top weight. And uh, even on the pictures, there, there's one of me uh, holding a couple basketballs. And I was, I was definitely, you know, was a master of deception in trying to hide myself in pictures. Um, and always seeing that I was in the front. And when I got together with groups of people to take pictures, it always seems that I, got, I was in front for some reason. It always bugged me because when I was in front, not only was I big, but I also looked bigger. So that was, it's, it's amazing um, uh, when I'm at that weight, what my mind is like. And, and, and you know, I, I, had a, I had a big smile on my face in that picture, too. And, and that's how I kind of carried myself. Uh, anybody, you know, when I'm carrying around a lot of emotional pain and uh, that someone could come up to me and say, hey, Mark, you know, how, how are you doing? And I have a big smile on my face. I'm doing fine. But that, that's how I was. You know, I, I did not really wear my heart on my sleeve. Uh, it was hidden. So not only did I have this huge physical onion, but I also had this huge emotional onion wrapped around me. And, uh, and so there was definitely a direct correlation between, you know, um, how, how I was uh, living my life. And, and I wasn't aware of anything. When I, uh, I grew up in the West San Fernando Valley, and, uh, and I came from a family of food, I, I should say, uh, my family uh, used food as entertainment, and my mom was and still is a terrific cook. And even to this day, the family glamorizes food. And it doesn't matter whether it's a holiday or a birthday or just any day of the week. Everything was around food. Instead of being about the event where we just so happen to have food around, food always came first. And and I was, I was very athletic growing up and in high school, and even though I had a passion for food, I didn't really wear the disease, so to speak, uh, until I got out of high school and got into college. And I, I was a little less active, and I started putting on the weight. And I remember probably about the first year and a half, two years out of uh, high school, I put on, I was about 30 pounds heavier than when I had graduated from high school. And I remember going on my first diet, and... I lost that 30 pounds. And sure enough, when I got back, you know, down 30 pounds back to my high school weight, little did I know that there was, there was a whole uh, a yo-yo effect that happened in my adult life because, you know, once I lost that weight, I thought I was fixed. And, and I put that 30 pounds on plus and went on another diet and I lost. But this time, when I started 
losing weight, I never could get down to my previous low. So every time I, I made an effort to lose weight, I would have a new high-low, so to speak. And every time I put back on the weight, I had a new high-high. And every time I put back on the weight uh, and, and went on another diet, I went to a more uh, extreme to take it off. And, and I've tried all, you know, all the type of diets that I'm sure many of us have tried. And, uh, but I do have a couple stories uh, about, you know, going to extremes to try to do it. I remember joining the Weight Watchers um, one time. I think it was my second or third time I joined Weight Watchers. And I decided to join on a Thursday because I figured I could go in and, and give them my money and get weighed and then I could binge Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday, and then fast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then go in and lose a pound, and I feel like a star. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm a genius because I got this thing licked. You know, this is, and then I went back out and did the same thing. And obviously it started becoming more tougher, to, uh, a lot more, a uh, lot tougher to do. So I joined a gym and, uh, and started, you know, going to the gym and, Wherever my head was back then, I didn't go there and do much exercise. I, I get on a bike for a little while, then I go straight to the sauna and try to sweat it off. So, so here I am on a Wednesday night, knowing that I have to weigh the next day. I fasted for a couple days. I wasn't even drinking uh, liquid, and and I went into the sauna on a Wednesday night and sweat and got out and got in the shower and I had passed out in the shower, hit my head on the tile. I remember blood coming down. And I for completely forgot about this event until I was abstaining in the program for a couple of years. And then doing some inventory work, I looked back and I said, this is the illness. I didn't even recognize it back then. But it all made sense by the time I did that. Uh, so that was, you know, that was one of the things that really, really hit me when I... Um, when I did that, uh, I, you know, I used to do all kinds of crazy things too. I remember um, I lived in a condom, condominium complex, and, and I used to go out and buy pizzas. And I, I would want, I didn't want anybody to know that I was bringing back a couple of pizzas. So I remember bringing a couple grocery bags with me, and picking up the pizzas, putting them in a grocery bag, and carrying them in sideways like a notebook. Because I didn't want people to know what I was carrying into my house. And, uh, you know, and again, here I thought I was a genius. You know, it's it just the sick head and, and, and some of those things that I do, I, I would, I would, when I was uh, living with a roommate and try to take food into my room, you know, I, I, would, I said, hey, this is cool. My stomach is big enough where I can carry it here and nobody can tell that I'm carrying in food. You know that. You know it's just a just a really really crazy thing. Um, I I went on a diet one time and, and took shots of pregnant women's urine, and, and started taking um, pills to curb my appetite. And those pills turned into non-prescription pills to uh, curb my appetite. A lot of crazy things that I was trying to do. I got into drugs for a little while to try to control my weight. 
And it all worked for a little while, just like everything else worked for a little while. And, and that's the thing. It always came back. It always came back. And this time I knew there was something wrong. I loved food. You know, that, that's what my head said. And uh, I remember at least three instances where I had gone to the ER for, um, for uh, a couple of different things. Uh, I, but the main time I remember is that I, I was sitting at home by myself, and I had just stopped binging, and my heart started racing, and I started sweating, and I, died, I thought I was having a heart attack, and I dialed 911. And, um, and the ambulance met me at, at the curb. Again, I didn't want to make a big deal. You know, I'm a genius, so I'm going to go out and meet them. They come up and say, uh, you, know, you know the guy who's having the heart attack? You know, what, what unit is he in? And I said, I'm him. You know, so I didn't want anybody to know. So I, I went to the hospital, and I remember sitting in, in the little emergency room, and I could see a reflection in the hallway of the glass looking back at me. And I'm wearing this gown, and I have this stuff attached to my chest, and I'm, you know, oh, pushing 275, 280 pounds at the time. And all of a sudden, I, I, I felt like I hit a low. And I'm, I'm sitting here, and I said, God, and back then, I had a faith. God was like Mr. 911 to me, you know. Uh, please help me. Fix this. Fix this. Help that person. Help me. You know, all over the place with that, you know. Only when I needed God, I would pray for God to do things. And, you know, that's, that's what I felt like my faith was. And, and I remember saying, if I get out of here and everything is okay, I'm going to make, you know, this time is going to be different. And thank God there was nothing wrong with my heart, and I got out after a couple of days. And for, for a couple of weeks, I really worked a pretty good Mark's program. And over the next year, I proceeded to gain another 25 pounds. And, uh, and, that's, and that's Mark's program. Mark's program was over 20 years adult years of yo-yo dieting and, and doing some really pretty crazy stuff. And I had heard about Overeaters Anonymous. So I had another family member who went for a little while, and I'd been asking a lot of questions about on the Internet. A voice in my head finally said, uh, why don't you make a phone call, find out about a meeting and everything. And I, and I made a phone call on a Sunday night, and I talked to this, uh, this member of the program who... Luckily, um, has been abstaining for over 20 years. And uh, they talked to me for about a half hour. And in that half hour, you know, they made one big impression on me. And the big impression was that, that um, there are other people out there who, who feel like I do. And that, you know, and I felt like I wasn't alone. That, wow, you know, that I, I thought I was... And I, I've, you may have heard it in the program, the term terminally unique. I thought I was terminally unique. Nobody does what I do. And that's, that's how I felt. But um, this, the, even that one phone call really helped me get into to my first meeting. And I went to my first meeting, and I started listening. And that same voice that told me to um, make a phone call was the same voice that said, get a sponsor. And so I started looking around, and, and, you know, it was almost like I was looking to choose my sponsor like I choose my food. You know, I'm going to scout them for a while, look around, and, and 
one one guy made a pitch, and he's in very impressive, and said, you know, life is good, and you know, in three weeks, my wife and I are going on a cruise, and you know, this, everything's great. And my sick head is thinking, well. I think I'm going to ask him because I can start working the program for about three weeks. Then he's going to go away for a couple of weeks and then I can do what I want. And I chose him. And I swear to God, a couple of days before he left to go on that cruise, I called him and I said, who can I call? Who can I call? Who can I talk to when you're gone? And they set it up where I was able to call and somebody and talk. So even in those first couple of weeks of starting the program, uh, a small transformation started to take place. And, and uh, I started uh, calling my food in every day to him, starting to identify the, uh, the particular foods and particular habits around the foods, and started working steps. And over the next eight or nine months, I took off about 70 pounds. And uh, everything started, you know, working well. And I, I took on some service positions and everything's good. And then the big R word comes up. I get into a relationship. And I remember all my relationships going through my yo-yo years. Of course, when I was down... I would get into a relationship, and the relationship didn't work. I used food to medicate myself and medicate the hurt. And then, then the weight went up. Well, in, in the relationship uh, that I got into, it was there were issues that came up that were issues I wished came up before I joined the program. So, you know, I had come a long way. And, and uh, so that started happening, and I didn't go back to what I was doing before I abstained. But it started becoming more difficult. The road started, started to narrow, and I sort of butted heads with my sponsor on it, and I decided to change sponsors and get someone who would just get off my back a little bit. And so, so, I, so I, I got another sponsor, and, and an abstaining person, a 100-pounder, who... Um, uh, was a little bit softer, and sure enough, in the next couple of years, I started working a softer program. I was abstaining. I, as a matter of fact, I haven't uh, touched recreational sugar in seven and a half years, and that's one of the um, one of the main points of my abstinence. There's there's a few other items, and definitely some habits that go along with that. So I was doing that, but I was working a softer program. I was functioning. I was going to meetings. Over the next couple of years, I would I'd put on, you know, maybe 10 pounds a year. I probably put on close to 30 pounds, 35 pounds over the next two or three years. And I remember, and, and, and I'm working the program, going to meetings and doing the things. And I remember sharing at a meeting uh, a couple of years ago. And I put back some weight. And for some reason, I was listening to myself pitch. And I was saying the same things that I was time after time again. And uh, also what had happened, and, and of course, when, before I joined the program, I had a lot of physical uh, difficulties. I, as a matter of fact, carrying around almost 300 pounds, I actually, most nights than not, slept in my recliner for two years because I couldn't sleep in my bed 
because the saliva kept on going down my throat and I kept on choking in the middle of the night. I had sleep apnea and some other things, high blood pressure and reflux. And, and for, all, for, for the most part, all of those went away. And I started getting little hints, little physical hints of these things, like little reminders. And I think these are little God shots that happen. Uh, little reminders of, oh my God, what was that in my chest? Oh, yeah, you know. And, and so getting back to listening to myself pitch and, and saying the same thing, I was talking the talk and I wasn't walking the walk. And I started hitting a little bit of an emotional low again. Some of that little emotional pain started coming back, and not to mention the physical issues a little bit. And I decided to change sponsors again, and I decided to get a sponsor who was going to call me on my bull and somebody who uh, was working a real strong program. And I, and I got up, mustered up enough courage and humility. I changed sponsors once again. And... And uh, I had worked the 12 steps, and uh, it was a wonderful gift. And, uh, and I started working the steps all over again. And I started, uh, and I actually was started calling my food to another sponsor, uh, food sponsor again, on a daily basis. And, and one of the great gifts and one of the great things that I've done over the last seven and a half years is I've never been sponsorless, and I have committed my food every day. And those things haven't changed. Uh, and, I, and I started working the program with this new sponsor. And, and I had never gone to 30 meetings in 30 days. And he, he uh, recommended I do that. And, and I'm thinking, well, I'll try. And, and I, I don't know if I can do it. And how in the world am I going to do that? And, but I made a commitment to do that. And I thought about it. And I said, well, can I go to a meeting tomorrow? Yeah, I can go tomorrow. And that's all I have to worry about, going to that one meeting in one day. And I did that. And the next day I thought, well, can I get a meeting in today? Yeah, you know, I actually can. Sure enough, the gift came. I went to 30 meetings in 30 days. And I'm a pretty busy schedule. I work full-time, and I also have a hobby, part-time career in music where I do a lot of, uh, I have a lot of commitments at nighttime and then go to meetings. And so, um, but I did it. I did the 30 meetings in 30 days. And after that, I was connected again. I was uh, not only connected to other people in the program, I was more connected again to my higher power, and I was also um, connected to myself. And, and after those 30 meetings in 30 days, I went back down to my three meetings a week schedule, and it was like, man, it was like running out of gas. I could tell that my emotional gas tank you know, the drop, and I had to go back up to five meetings, six meetings uh, a week because I could just tell the difference. Even today, if uh, I go out of town or something happens where I haven't gone to a meeting in four or five days, I can really tell the difference. And I'm not saying the difference would happen in food, but it could happen in connection. It could happen in my um, habits, uh, the the, the uh the rituals and the foundations I try to um, lay myself every morning to have a fighting chance to fight off my obsession. And so, you know, I, I started doing that. And sure enough, I, I took off that 30, 45 extra pounds and got down to, to the weight I am today. And, uh, and that, you know, that, that is another gift in itself. And I'm working the 12 steps again, and I'm working, doing, uh, back on step four again. And 
the, the gifts that are coming to me in that I'm working, the, I, it's a gift to work, because I, because I realize I'm going to have to work these steps for the rest of my life. It's not, it's not like my old way of thinking before I joined program, that you know, I lose the weight, I'm fixed. I'm never going to be fixed, and I know that. I'm never going to be fixed, but, uh, you know, I can have that daily reprieve, and that's all I have to worry about. And so, working the steps a different way from the previous sponsor is a true gift, because not only, not only can I find out things that I may have passed, uh, passed on the first time through, but just, you know, just the excitement of, of just going into new, new, uh, new boundaries, new ways of doing things. And the steps have really helped me with, with changing my life because, again, going back to when I had that smile with the basketball uh, sort of speak. Now it is so much easier to um, to tell people how I feel. And I remember when I first joined the program, the sponsor would say, "Well, how do you feel about this?" And I'd say, "Well, I think." And I, he said, "I didn't ask you how you thought. I asked you how you felt." And and starting to let people know how I feel, you know, is is a gift of this program. It really is. And it's not easy. You know, when I don't go to that meeting for four or five days, I start telling people how I think again, as opposed to telling people how I feel. So it's just that constant connection, that constant work that i got to do on a daily basis. And uh, so the program has taught me a lot more about humility and to ask for help, because before, I never asked for help. I'll do it myself. I'll figure it out. All I got to do is think. <laughs> and and when I get into my head and the voices that go on in my head, you know, it's just incredible the crap that runs through there. And even to this day, and, and you know, there there are many voices in my head, but one of those voices is God. And um, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but my higher power today and. And the way I used to pray and the things I used to go through, uh, today I, I, my, my prayers are so different. different. And, uh, you know, I, to, to be able to pray for the courage and the willingness to do the footwork and, and leaving the results to God, that is just uh, something that I try to focus on doing every day. Now, do I do it perfectly every day? No. I don't. Because because I am a compulsive overeater and because of my compulsive head, I will have that chance of going off track. And but I'll tell you that working the program I always get back on track in my head. And and it's almost like having it's almost like having cruise control in your car and I might be going along and and it goes over the speed limit a little bit, and then it goes on coast and comes back down to the speed limit, and that type of thing. And I always kind of see that's how my life is being lived today, um, even even with food. Because I'm a compulsive overeater, and this is something I learned in the program, because I always was into perfection. I always started that diet on a Monday, and that one little thing I do wrong, oh, I lost it up. I screwed it up, I blew it, and then I was, I was out of it. And, uh, 
And today, you know, I can make the progress and I don't have to beat myself up. Um, have, I, have I had meals where I ate too much today? Yes, absolutely. Have I done it compulsively? No. Am I a compulsive person? Yes. But uh, working the program, I can realize, and, and, and my awareness is so heightened. It, it, it's, it's such a gift to, um, to be able to recognize when I'm doing something wrong. And when, I'm doing, when, when, I, when I have a bad day or do something wrong, I can talk to my sponsor about it. I can talk to another fellowship person about it. I can go to a meeting and I can pitch about it. And that is just so empowering. And, you know, it, it, it's such a small price to pay to be in, in the pain that I was in before. Because, and I think that was one of the things that turned me around, too. Because I started realizing that my, it was less painful to abstain from a certain type of behavior or a certain type of food than it was for the pain that I went through emotionally and physically. And, you know, the pain of not using a certain type of food, and, and it's, a, it's a type of thing today, it's, it's like grief. It's like losing a friend. And, you know, I can feel that. And it's sad. And I can go through that sadness and I can live with that sadness, and usually that obsession starts going away. And uh, that, is a, that is a you know a real gift to the program. And one of the things even today that I start doing is um, I, I love the tenth step promises because those are something that I really try to live by every day. And you know a couple of the the things that I go through, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. And it, it, it's something that, obviously with food, the promise that I don't have to fight with it and make the decisions. Um, and, and people. I don't have to fight with my past. I don't have to fight with these things. Why don't I have to fight with my past? Well, I work the steps. That's why. And uh, being able to work step eight and nine and, and make the amends that I have made and started to clean my uh, side of the road in a lot of ways, I don't have to fight those thoughts and resentments. And, and some of the things that came out in step four that I gave away in step five, things that I never thought I would have to address again, let alone tell another person. And... Being able to let go of that stuff, I've been able to cease fighting some of those um, experiences that, that I'm not proud of. And uh, if tempted, we recoil as it from a hot flame. That is something that today I can, um, th- there will be some foods that will be presented to me. Uh, there's people at work, you know, co-workers, you know, they'll have a potluck or something and somebody will come up to me and say, hey, Mark, uh, I baked this. I was up till three in the morning baking this and I had you in mind. And, and it's one of those things. I, I said, you know, why don't you give it to somebody in my honor? You know, I had to learn to say no in the program. Uh, people pleasing was huge for me. And, and, you know, with my, my sick head, I can justify anything. 
taking that bite because that person was up until 2 or 3 in the morning making it. That's why I'm doing it. I'm not doing it because it tastes good. I'm not doing it because, uh, because I have an obsession for it. I'm doing it because I don't want to hurt that person's feelings. Well, today I can't do that. And, uh, and I'm a huge people pleaser. I'm still a huge people pleaser today. And I'll always be a big people pleaser. But again, a day at a time, I don't have to. And I can work on it. Um, this is a miracle of it. We are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. Uh, that that really took some time. I remember at work when, when I first started abstaining and those donuts came the first time, that big box of donuts. And, and it's one of those things, well, I'm, that's something I abstained from. And, but I had to look at them. I had to open the box and see what kind of donuts were in there. And, and I abstained from them. The next time that happened, it's amazing. I, didn't, I was getting a little stronger. I didn't have to look at the box. But... I had to know where they came from. I, I had to know which, which donut shop they got them from, so I wanted to look at the logo on the box. Then the next time came, and I, you know, I didn't really have to care too much about where they came from, but I want to know who brought them in. And, and this, is, this is where I, I'm getting stronger, and I'm, not, uh, you know, I'm starting to cease fighting the temptation. One of the gifts of the program is that people bring donuts or anything else in the office today. I can care less. And I don't know how that happens. I, do, I, I can't quite figure out why the logic of this program does. But what the only thing that I have to know is that if I do this, this, and this, I will get that, that, and that. If I have a spiritual fit condition on a daily basis, and I can work, and I can be spiritually connected. And I can go to meetings and, and talk to my sponsor and people. I will not have an obsession for food. I will not react the way I react in certain situations like I used to. And, you know, I will just be so better off. I won't get into the insanity, the insanity of life and insanity of, uh, of food. And so doing this, this, and this, I get that, that, and that. I mean, that is simple for me. And, you know, I, I think that. The program is simple on so many levels. All I have to do is go through it. I don't, you know, I, I say my prayers every morning. I lay an anchor. I don't know if what I'm going to, sometimes I'm not even listening to the prayers I'm saying, but I still do it. And, and I've got to do it anyways. And uh, being a sponsor has helped me so many times too on days where I may not have, be having the best day in my mind, even with my food. And a sponsor will call me up and say, Mark, I'm having this problem. And I said, well, here's what you got to do. you got to do this, this. And then when I get off the phone, I look at myself and say, my God, why don't I take that advice? And, and what happens is it helps turn, turn me around right then and there. And so, you know, the program just has so many gifts for me. And I know that I'm going to lose it unless I try to, Lay that anchor again every morning, every morning, and do the things that I've been doing. So thank you for letting me share, and I guess I can, I can take questions, definitely.
Yes. Yes. The question was um, around the uh, tenth step promises, where promises me being happy, joyous, and free, um, where that comes into my life. Is that it? Um, I can tell you that um, the freedom part is, um, I'll start with the freedom part. That's probably the easiest one. I have the freedom of choice. And and uh, and I I had a I had just bought a house not too long ago, but in order to buy a house, I had to go back and live at the family's house for a year, and there was all kinds of food just running through there. I was through food hell for pretty much part of the year, and my lovely mother, who uses food as entertainment, she wanted to, you know, feed me, and, and she she and she would be cooking all this stuff. And I had to say, you got to leave me out of it. You know, if I plan it ahead, if it's part of my food plan during the day, I can, um, I can uh, participate with the family. But for the most part, in working my program, I had to take my freedom of choice to, to, to make those choices of those foods and stay out of the pressures of people doing things for me, that is a freedom. And that, that is a freedom of the a gift of the program. Happiness, I, happiness and joyous, you know, I, I've got to relate that to um, sanity. Because I, I have to say that when, when I'm working the program and I've got a clean head, and how do I get a, food, a clean head is when my food is clean. My head is a lot cleaner. And when I have clarity on a certain day, and when I can sit and I can meditate and have a little solitude, that is such a great feeling to me. I mean, there's times that I've gone on men's retreats, and I've gone and meditated and, and, and taken some time uh, journaling. And all this stuff gives me clarity. And I strive for clarity today. And I get joy out of clarity. And, and so, uh, again, choosing to be happy is all I can say because happiness, I, you know, it's, a, it's an old adage, but happiness is a choice. And it's, and it's difficult because we never know what the days are going to bring us. And every day is different. And I can't be terminally happy, but I know that on my good days, that's fantastic. And on my bad days, I've got to know that there's hope right around the corner. So I hope that answered the question a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes? Thank you so much uh, for your share. The holidays and with the environment during that period, if you went through a half year, then Mm-hmm. But how do you uh, do things with you? Do you have it in, you know, if you're in a party atmosphere, so much good stuff, and it's on a daily basis for a week straight, 
around the holidays? Yeah. Okay. Well, with with the holidays among us, how do I handle the struggles of all the temptations during the holidays? Do I bring food with me? Do I ask people to prepare it for me? Um, First I'll say this, is that um, compulsive overeating to me is, and we have Thanksgiving coming up in in a couple of weeks. To me, Thanksgiving is like the national holiday of the compulsive overeater. We can actually, the, the illness tells us that that's the day we get our get out of jail free card because we can binge like crazy on that day and get away with it. You know, nobody will say anything because the normie, so to speak, is doing the same thing. The difference is, is that the normie can go into the next day and go back to doing what they're doing and the compulsive overeater can't. And, uh, and to me, what I've learned in this program is that compulsive overeating doesn't have a holiday. You know, compulsive overeating does not have a holiday. For a compulsive overeater who's in their illness, it's every single day of the week. And, and, for, and when I looked at the holidays, when I first started coming to the program, look at the holidays, and it may start with the Halloween, with the candy going on. And then it goes right into Thanksgiving. And then Thanksgiving is followed by Christmas and the other holidays around that time. Then it goes into New Year's. And then after New Year's, well, okay, everybody's going to start new until the Super Bowl party comes. Yeah. Then the Super Bowl party comes and everybody screws up their program. Okay, right after that. Then there's val- a Valentine's Day. And then after Valentine's Day comes Easter and some of the program, and some of the holidays around then. And then, okay, great, we're through this all of a sudden, then the weather starts getting nice and everybody's ready for their their barbecues. So for me, I had to realize that the madness is, you know, the holiday is part of the gift of the program is, is learning to get rid of that temptation. What do I do? I'm very fortunate that my family is mindful. They're mindful. But again, part of it is planning ahead of time. All Knowing ahead of time what is going to be on the dinner table is, is so important to me. And, and what I can do is I can commit my food that day early, and I know what's ahead of me. I can't be a spontaneous eater in the program. It's got to be premeditated. And, uh, and I think that so often in the past when I was, I can't be spontaneous. And it drives family crazy. It drives everybody crazy. My family will say, hey, Mark, well, um, I'll call them up at 8 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, what are you going to have for dinner? Oh, we don't know. It's not that time yet. I go, okay, thank you. And I make my own plan. And if they tell me, I can plan on what they're having pretty much. And so I think a lot of it is planning. But again, the other part of it is, is one day at a time. I can't worry about Thanksgiving. I can't worry about the holidays. I got to worry about abstaining through tonight, and then tomorrow morning I got to worry about tomorrow. That's how I got to do it. I can't worry about what's around the corner. I can only worry about the day I'm in, and so I hope that helps. So, mm-hmm. Yes. How do you practice your program specifically on a daily basis? Well, I when I wake up in the morning uh, and uh, start my day. 
during the work day, what I do is I, when I drive to work, and I've got about a 25, 30-minute commute, I love to listen to music, love to listen to the radio, I will not turn on the radio in my car until I've said all my prayers. And, and, I, and so I try to lay my spiritual foundation early and, and, and say all my prayers pretty much first in my car. If I did it for, for me, only for me, because this is my experience, if I did it when I dropped out of bed first thing in the morning, I'm still half asleep. So I'm glad that, you know, I, at least I'm a little sort of coherent when I'm doing it. And then when I'm done, then I'll turn on the radio. So, so that's kind of cool. When I, get, when I get to work, I get out my post-it, I figure out my food plan, I call my food sponsor. I take care of that. During the day, I try to have conscious contact with God. And, uh, you know, I go through struggles. Sometimes I, I'm not as ambitious at the office as I should be. And, and, I start, and I start saying to myself, well, I don't know what God's will is for me today, but I know this isn't God's will. It isn't God's will for me to be lazy. It isn't God's will for me to eat this, this, and this. It isn't God's will for me to do this. So even though I may not know what God's will is for me on a daily basis, I know what isn't God's will for me. And I think that sort of helps me heighten my intuition a little bit about what's right. But i got to lay these foundations every day. What happens is I take a couple of calls of sponsees. My step sponsor, I call a couple of times a week, and I also see him at meetings um, a couple of times a week, so I talk to him pretty much. I don't journal every day, but it's probably safe to say I journal every other day. Um, and I go to about four to five meetings a week, um, and, and I give service. And these are the things that I have to do on a daily basis to have a fighting chance during the day, you know. So um, I hope that, that answered it kind of. So anyways, I want to thank you again for letting me share. Thank you.